0: Welcome to the P Primo show. It is episode 95. We're with Mike Acker, who's an expert in executive leadership and communications. If you want to have happier customers and employees, you are in the right place. Let me just pay the bills real quick. If you haven't gotten my book, sell a million. What are you waiting for? Hurry up, order it. It's on Amazon. I think it's like two cups of coffee. So 101 tips and. 101 Tips uh, for Furniture and Mattress Stores. And the best compliment I've ever gotten on the book was from my friend, uh, Doug Stewart, who said, take the word furniture or mattress and this is just a great marketing book. So thank you, Doug. I appreciate that. And let's pay the bills real quick. Thank you, uh, Steve, for sponsoring the show. Thank you, Mattress Industry Network. If you are in the mattress industry, we want you in the Mattress Industry Network a uh, group it is a free group 100% free scan the QR code there join today and you'll be joining over 1600 um, at last count uh fellow business owners all kinds of people in the mattress industry if you want to learn how to sell build advertise you want the low down on the best lines you want inside information you want to network with manufacturers. You want to network uh with other service providers. They're all he- here in the group. So join Mattress Industry Network today and tell them Pete sent you. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be on here. Looking forward to diving in and having this conversation with you and really giving something for your audience. Well, I am looking forward to it too. I have, uh w- other than today, we've never spoken, but I've watched your videos and and I am so excited to have somebody with so much talent on our show and somebody who has a background in leadership and communications and you're a communication expert. And I think that is the glue that holds our life together. Forget about business. Yes. Does communication hold our business life together? Yes. But communication holds everything together. It's the most important skill you'll ever develop. And believe it or not, sometimes we as business owners get so busy that we forget the basics of good communication. And I wanted to just ask you one little quick question and take this wherever you want to go with it. What are the common mistakes that you see business owners making when they're communicating to their employees and also just overall? to their vendors, to uh, customers, just just in general. And if no, it takes I'm... the rest of the show, that's okay.
1: <laughs>
0: well, well, one of the common
1: mistakes that people make in communication, and this is one out of many, is that they don't clearly know what they want to say. So think about it like this. you You're packing your bags and you don't know where you're going. As a result of that, you just throw in everything into the bag. He starts just throwing some well oh, I got some flip flops here I'm going to put a suit I'm going to put this casual wear business pretty soon your bag weighs way more than the 50 the 50 pounds allowed on the airplane because you don't know where you're going so you're throwing in everything that's how so many business communicators communicate they just throw in everything oh I got to motivate I got to inspire I got to educate I got to inform I got to help And as a result of it, they're going everywhere and people walk away, if they remember anything, they walk away with different points because different points hit them different ways. So one of the keys that people can simply simply to clarify their communication is saying, what do I want to communicate? What is the point of what I'm saying? And that clarity brings focus and that focus brings
0: power. I just want to unpack one thing. I know what you're you're saying, dear store owner out there right now. I am so busy. I don't have time to think about what I'm going to say. I'm just in reactive mode. What I'm about to say to you might sound foreign. It might sound even crazy. But I promise you that if you take this into your everyday business life, you will be a better business owner. And here's the thing. Fight for time to work on your business, not in your business, not in reactive mode. And if that means you have to shut the door to your office and you need a half an hour in the middle of the day, then you need to take that time and you need to do that because there are too many demands on you as it is you have to spend some time alone with your thoughts, clarifying your direction. Um, I'm sorry, I, I know you're... So, number one, know what you want to communicate. Be very clear about it. And the other thing that you said, Mike, was employees, customers, vendors, they will all... If you give them a shotgun message... They will pick out of those things what's the most important to them, what resonates with them, and it may not be your number one priority. And that's the danger in that shotgun approach. So be well-aimed, know clearly what you want to say, find some time to work on your business instead of being in reactive mode all the time. My yeah, name, absolutely. want to add to that? Yeah, I can see, I do. I can see your wheels going.
1: Uh, uh, Even going back to what you were saying with the business leaders, there's sometimes what we do, and I do too, because I have a couple of businesses, and one of my businesses is a retail store. So we sell mattresses. And so I get it. I get what it's like to have so much going on your plate that you sit down and all of a sudden you're going all over the place. And just like in communication, that lack of focus really reduces the power. And we, we sometimes think, oh, I can just multitask. I'm good at multitasking. If you actually study the way that the brain works, what is happening in gray material while you're multitasking is you're actually just quickly going back and forth between different things. There's no such thing as your mind truly being able to hold in and work on all these different concepts. You're going back and forth. So when you're working on something like that, especially high priority, your marketing, your hiring, whatever it might be. Doing what Pete just said there, just like communication, know what you're working on, put it
0: down, give yourself a time for that, go for that thing. That's awesome. So tell me about your retail mattress store. Yeah. So we are in Southern Alabama half the time and then
1: Seattle the other time. And my, my bread and butter is that I am an executive coach. What I do is I write books speak at events and I work with people on their communication. Then we have another small company. And then recently we were with some friends and we're having dinner together. And because I have such a flexible calendar with what I do and really only work 15 to 25 hours a week in my speaking and such, sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes down. We started saying, what can we do in our area that would be something that can work with my time calendar and, and do that? So we started AW Home Goods, and our whole model is, and I'm sure many people who are watching this are listening to it as well, is the mattress by only scheduling an appointment. And this is great because now I get to know people in the community. We launched this six months ago. Our goal is to have five in the area, have one person manage each one, one person own each one, and then I get to manage them, essentially executive coaching for them. So we have our marketing models, we have our, our employee service, we have our our product and everything. And it's been a great it's been a great six months of diving in, being a local business owner in the furniture space.
0: Well, you have to join the Mattress Industry Network. And when you do, tell them Pete sent you. Hey, I, I thought about that when it popped up. I was like, Yep, I gotta join in. Yeah, it's 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 great. Steve does a great job. Managing that group. I re- I remember when it was under a thousand and, um, tell you something funny. One of the, uh, one, one of the, one of the very best retailers that I know said to me, Pete, why aren't you joining the group? And I said, well, it's that guy. I don't want to join the group because it's this guy. He goes, what guy? What guy do you think it is? And I said, the guy's name. He goes, that's not the guy. So I didn't join for like months. He's begging me to join. He's like, "Hey, this is really good. You really need to be in here." He's not doing it out of anything other than he cares about me and he wants me in this group. He thinks that I could be helpful uh to people in the group and he thinks that they could be helpful to me and he wants me to join for for no, nothing but good reasons. And and I'm being a bonehead and turned out that Steve was not the guy that I thought he was and uh I should have joined a long time ago. So this is very interesting to me because you also coach executives. So you coach business owners on a regular basis. And when you're giving advice to Mm -hmm. you know somebody that's paying you consultant money, and that yeah, that's big money. Um, Mm -hmm. so you're gonna get some free consultant here, guys. So I hope your ears are perked up and I hope you're listening. Um, what is a number one thing that you would like all of your executive leaders to take away from this program?
1: Yeah. So whether it's in communication or leadership, the number one way that we start out getting confidence in those areas is by starting with a very, very clear understanding of who we are. Whether we're selling mattresses, whether we're scaling up businesses, whether are writing books, whether we're speaking out stages, it starts right here. A lot of people are focused on the external aspects of leadership, the external aspects of speaking, when really should start out with that internal. One of the things that I started working with when I first started executive communication coaching, I worked with this CEO of a multi-billion dollar company. And as we sat down and we're talking about things, I'm dressed up. He's dressed up. We're going through things. He had found me through some referrals. It was beginning of my career. I started asking him a whole bunch of different questions. Well, what are your, what are your goals? What do you want to sound like? And again and again and again, his, his point of comparison were people that were not like him and often were like, well, I want to be like Pete Primo. I want to be like Mike Ecker. I want to be like this guy over here, Steve, I want to be like this person right here. And so we start doing the things that that person's doing and acting that way when before we get out there and work on the external skills of management, the external skills of public speaking, like intonation, eye contact, etc. The external things and before we even work on the mental things, we need to work on the hard things. So what's very interesting in, in what I do and I talk a lot about this again and again in books and and I'm in Atlanta right now recording this and so I'm talking about this whole identity aspect that to speak with confidence before you know how or before you know what you're saying, you have to know who is saying. So I would challenge you, who are you? Do you really know yourself? And here's what's really interesting. A lot of people have a vague understanding of who they are. So So think about it like this. If you were to buy a property in Montana and you go in and there's a thousand untouched acres, you can't afford a thousand acres, but you can afford a good, solid 10 acres. and you buy 10 acres right in the middle of a thousand untouched, unused acreage. Wow, That's incredible. Some of you think that's amazing, some of you you want to be right in the center of the city. But just imagine for the example of this situation. You have a little line that goes up to one of the corners of the property. You have some trees on one corner of the property where you build a tree fort for your kids. You have another one where the stream goes through and you build a little fishing hut right there. And then you have a pasture where you, where you build a bar. So what is your property? People say, oh, well, where's your property? And you say, well, you see that road? It goes from the road to that tree fort to the fishing hut down to the bar. That's our property. In other words, you know your property when no one else is around you. And that's how a lot of executives are. That's how a lot of leaders are. That's how a lot of people are. They know who they are when there's nothing pressuring them, pushing them, constraining them. They know, hey, I'm about like this. But when you get on stage, one of the reasons why anxiety goes up or when your success in your business takes off and goes bigger and bigger and bigger, or you go global and multi-billion. Also, you have this pressure. In other words, you have people encroaching on who you are. Go back to that property. Imagine all of a sudden, a big, huge Dr. Horton starts coming in and mapping out lots around you. You would be worried about encroachment, especially when some of their surveying line cuts right through your pasture that you thought was yours. So, what do you need to do when you have someone potentially encroaching? You need to define the borders. You need to figure that out. And that is what you need to do in leadership. Determine who you are. You define the borders. You figure out who you are. And then from there, you can build out the rest. Wow.
0: <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot, brother. <laughs> That's really good. It's so good. It cuts through so much. Um Defining who you are is even more important than defining who and how you're going to serve a community for a business. And I have always encouraged my dealers to really think about who your customer is. And if you don't know who your customer is, interview the, the next 10 customers that come through that buy, interview them. Talk to them after you get the receipt, after the transactions complete and don't make it an interrogation, make it fun, but ask them, how did you hear about us? What's important to us? You know, tell me if you don't mind me asking, why did you, why did you, you know, give us the privilege of serving you today? What was it that kind of pushed it over the edge in our favor? I I would love to know that. And you'll be surprised at the conversations that you can have with your customers and if you continue to do this you will very soon find out exactly who your who your ideal customer is and then you can can uh, further um, communicate with them better you know you can't have a one of the most important principles in marketing is message but you can't make a message if you don't know who your market is. And you yeah. can't find the right media unless you know your market and you and you know your message. So um, I would encourage you to do exactly what, what Mike said. Who are you? Really define that and then start defining who you're serving and, and talk to your customers if you're at a loss for it you probably know most of you who are running businesses that are successful you know who your customer is but even if you think you know if you do the exercise that I'm suggesting the next 10 customers ask them you'll you might be surprised um, they might be buying for different reasons than you think and knowing those reasons and putting that into your marketing is huge yeah. because the easiest way to have boring uh, market in that does not return a uh, a return on your investment is to try to speak to everybody. If you try to mm-hmm. speak to everybody, you speak to no one. You want to talk about that a little bit, Mike? Yeah, and I, I love what you're talking about because you're talking about that, the audience of
1: and really what you're doing with the audience. And when I'm looking at this with, Executives that I'm working with, and with with speakers, starting out with who I am, and that helps you understand who you can help, because I can't help everybody. And really, if you shoot, if you try to reach everybody, you reach nobody in that regards. So, who am I? What's my? And I love this concept of the unique selling point. So, what's my unique selling point? So, when I study Mike Acker, and I know who Mike Acker is the unique selling point that I bring in to my different companies, and one being the furniture store, is very, very personable. Now, are there other people personable? Sure. But what is it that I uniquely bring and what is my makeup? So we got our cost point, we got very personable, we are one-on-one, and it, we are very non-aggressive um, uh, in sales. And so it's very in that much. And there's other ones that do really well, and they're very different. It's quick. And it's fast and it's out the door. And there's other people that it's, hey, that's, that's, it's all about the, the, the second thing that you can sell. It's all about the mattress protector or whatever else that you can add on. And so there's all these different ways and not to think, how can I become more like someone else? But how can I really be? How can I be me? So what do I bring? And then who do I serve? I love that you're bringing that. And that once you understand those two points, the messaging, the way that we sell, the way that we market really connects because I'm going to use different messaging. I'm going to use different marketing because I'm going to sell myself differently to who I'm selling to versus maybe someone who's doing a broad appeal. The way that Nectar sells is very different than the way that the mattress firm sells versus a mom and pop store sell. And that's okay. And of course, we're in competition or we're trying to get our share of the market, but trying to do a little bit of Nectar and a little bit of, of mattress firm and a little bit of my style, is going to be a lot of nothing, but leaning into who I am, leaning into who my audience is, and then finding the bridge of marketing is a fantastic way to to cross that bridge. Mm. So I wanted to before I went into the other one, I wanted to just add on and yeah, go ahead what you were saying there, Pete. So so I love that. And in terms of, did you want to go back to the other question, Pete, or where do you want to go from there? Yeah, go 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 wherever it's pushing you. So when when we look at it, I, I, marketing, sales, leadership—a word that comes again and again. I write about this uh, in in the the book that I'm recording, "Speak with Confidence," and I talk about this whole idea of rejection. And for for anybody here today, I'm going to encourage you to lean into some rejection. And you can only lean into re- rejection when you know who you are, and the people that you will most likely be rejected by is by those people like what Pete just said who are not really your main target audience. But if you're going to be in sales and you're going to be in marketing, you're going to be in stages and leadership and speaking, then I'm going to encourage you to lean in and embrace rejection. What I mean by that is recently my son came home and he said, he was in tears. and uh, He was six at the time. He was in tears because the neighbors didn't want to play with him. The neighbor boys, they were already playing with some other boys. And they're a little bit older, and they didn't want to play with him. And he comes home. Now, the the papa bear in me wanted to go aggressive and be like, look, you got to play with my son. He's awesome. He's amazing. Don't you know what you're risking out on? But I realized in that moment that rejection, if we can get great with it, and if we can become the type of person who doesn't internalize that, but we can have hard-skinned, soft hearts, then we can be amazing sales, speakers, coaches, leaders. Because rejection will happen somebody will put on Facebook that that was an awful experience and it's going to crush you or someone's going to not buy when you thought they were going to buy or they said they're going to be back and you actually believe that they were going to be back. And really, in terms of rejection, the more you can lean in, the better you're going to be at sales, the better you're going to be at, at speaking, at leadership, the better you're going to be at in so many areas of life. So an encouragement here. Embrace rejection because it turns you
0: into a much better platform leader. Mm, That's powerful. I I can't let that go, uh, Mike. Hard skins and soft hearts. Yeah. That is so good. It It is so important for us as salespeople that if you've gotten the stop sign, you've gotten the Heisman, you can't let that affect how you greet the next customer. I'm talking to our sales pros that work in retail stores. You can't let that affect you. And that's why Mike is saying to have a hard skin, but a, but a soft heart. Zig Ziglar used to say this. If you ran into the nastiest customer in the world, you have to shake it off. And the reason you have to shake it off is. They already wasted your time. They already wasted your up. That's gone. It's gone. But don't let them steal your dreams. Mm -hmm. If you stay with that rejection, you stay with that hurt, you stay with whatever drama that customer caused, Mm -hmm. you're letting them steal your dreams. And don't let them do that. I mean, there are nasty, hurtful people in this world. that has worked in retail can tell you all about it. Mm-hmm. And sales pros have a hard skin and a soft heart. Treat the next person with kindness, even though the last one treated you like the opposite of the way you should have been treated. Have a soft heart. And guess what? People will be attracted to you. People will want to do business with you. You know, there, there there's a tilting point in any sale and it doesn't matter if it's a wholesale sale or a retail sale and pretty much you're in the ball game your pricing might be a little higher might be a little bit lower you know a service might be slightly different but at at the end of the day what happens is the customer looks at you and decides whether they want to do business with you and sometimes mm-hmm. and this is the scary part it is right. not intellectual it is not based on anything other than the way they feel. And you cannot give that customer a good feeling about you unless you're really feeling good. And so that's why Mike is saying, soft heart, you have to shake off everything that's coming at you. And and I will say this because this is kind of getting into my next question. You know, depending on who you listen to, you know, we're heading into tougher times. It's already gotten tougher. Um, mm-hmm. Usually, our warriors, our sales pros at retail, they know before they ever see it on the news. Customers are tougher to sell today than they were. And we have to work a little bit harder. And so here's the question, Mike. How mm-hmm. do we, as... And you can address whichever audience you want or all the audiences. So basically, Mm -hmm. I've got store owners here, I've Mm -hmm. got sales reps that sell to the stores, and I've got sales pros that work at retail that actually wait on customers every day. Those are my Mm -hmm. three audiences. What would your recommendation be how to protect their mindset so they can be the most productive they can be in the times that we're kind of heading into right now?
1: Yeah, uh, so good. And I love this little tagline at the bottom. It says, want happier customers and employees. And I love this. So let me tie these three together. You sure. got the who. If you want to be happier customers and employees, know who you are, because just like what Pete says, the happiness is going to come from you. So know yourself and find that place of contentment. Embrace rejection. Don't bite from it. Don't let that hard skin turn into a hard heart and soft skin. That's a, That's very different. But in terms of Speaking to every single person here, how do you protect that mindset? Well, go back to your who embrace rejection. Don't try to fight, run from it because it'll follow you wherever you go. Deal with it. Learn how to lean into it. And then really in terms of your mindset, you want two main things are going to happen. You want to monitor and regulate what you think. And then you want to make sure that you have a support network around you. So let me go back to that 10 Acres in the middle of a thousand acres. I don't want to live on that property alone. I need people in my life. And then let me go back to my son getting rejected. Why is now a great time for him to be rejected? Because he lives in a supportive family environment. So he knows that although that wasn't fun being rejected, he goes back home to a place where he's well loved and well taught and well educated and well supported. And he feels that support. So for you in the middle of this time, I mean, highly, highly encourage these two areas. Who, who is around you? I love this Facebook support group that Pete's talking about. Just a place for you to get around. Find another store owner. I have some other store owners that I connect with on a weekly basis. I'll actually connect with them tomorrow. Find some other business leaders. Find some other salespeople. Find the network, but not just a professionals of people who will just listen. I have a buddy that will we'll text back and forth. I have a couple of buddies like that. And if things are not going well, or my mind's not going well, or speaking event didn't go well, whatever didn't go well, the book didn't go well, I have people that I can bring this rejection to. I first really thought about that in the time when I received one of the worst feedbacks on my first book ever. I wrote a book it has got over a thousand reviews. And one of the reviews said something like this, this book is crap. All, all the publisher did was pay somebody to crap out on page. I think that's literally what it's test. In the in the review, and I was like, what? No, I didn't. Uh, nobody paid for me to do this. I wrote this one, uh. and here I am whining, right, and getting into that that depression mode because I, I was trying to do something good, and yet I went to my who, and I had a support group of other authors, and we're talking, and then when I read it, they laughed at it, and then I realized the ridiculousness of that perspective. So you need people who will help you have perspective in business, in life, in relationships, in family. You need who. So regulate, find, get that group of people around you. One of the CEOs I'm working with is going to be part of one of these huge CEO support groups that do a certain amount of money because they get it. So you need people who get you in the different areas that you show up. Okay, That's of the people around you. Now you need someone inside of you. And that can only be you. What are you doing to regulate your thought process? Have you been taken over by a whole bunch of depressive thoughts? You got to get this out. Find a counselor, say, get this out. Get them out on a piece of paper. Get things in like Pete Primo. Get things in like listening to Zig Ziglar. Get things in and then choose what you're going to focus on. Uh, so even in in the book, Speak with Confidence, I talk so much about identity because before you go up on stage and you do enunciation and intonation, all those things, it starts with who you are. And part of who you are is how you talk to yourself. So how do you talk to yourself? Are you saying stuff like, today, I am making the best of today. And really, ultimately, what I'm coming down to here is affirmations. And I used to think affirmations were ridiculous. But you need group affirmations, people around you, and then you need personal affirmations, the way you talk to yourself. And quite literally, I used to think affirmations were stupid. It's like that Stuart uh, Smalley on Saturday Night Live. I thought, oh, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. But then I did them at a point in time when I was getting bullied and told to effing go back to America when I was a kid. And I started speaking to myself differently based on a counselor's help. And then those words started taking root as I did them over the course of time. Now, that season in life passed, I well, fast forward many years later, and I read a book, and in the book it talked about affirmations. And I thought, oh, it's stupid. And I thought, no, wait, I did it when I was a teenager. Let me try it again. And I started doing this affirmation about working out. And I I always thought I hated working out. That was my mindset. That was what was going on in my mind. And And then I started these affirmations three months into doing these affirmations, three months into talking to myself in a believable, upbeat, positive way. And I went to work out that day and right when normally I would say, I hate this. Instead, I thought, I love this. I love sweating, breathing hard, working out, feeling my muscles being sore. My affirmations had changed my approach. So we're coming into those hard times, like Pete said. What do you do? What do you do You need some who's around you and you need to change what you're thinking about and choosing those. And they need to be grounded thoughts that you're thinking about yourself. But those two support systems will be incredible for
0: you to get through really anything. That's great advice, Mike. I have to, um, I have to talk about how do you talk to yourself? Yeah. And. I want you to be very honest with yourself. And I don't care if you're a sales rep. I don't care if you're a business owner. I don't care if you're a teenager listening to this. I want you to start to write down those questions and those thoughts that come into your head. Because they come into all of our heads. And one of them, there's a very negative voice. We all have it. So let's just get it out on the table and talk about it. There's the imposter syndrome when you first Mm -hmm. have success and it's like, do I deserve this? Mm -hmm. Am I really that good? And all those voices, what you need to do to those voices is you need to talk back to them and you need to actually go, I see what you're doing. But you know what? I'm choosing to ignore you. I'm yeah, choosing yeah. I'm choosing to replace you with some extra exercise. What you know you keep saying I'm a fat slob because my second grade teacher told me I was fat and that runs in my brain even when I'm skinny. I'm fat? Everybody has these voices. It doesn't matter what it is. These voices come at you, and you have to, sooner or later, wrestle them to the ground. And the easiest way to wrestle them to the ground is to ignore them. Let them them say whatever they want to say, and then you go take an action that defies that. So, for instance, you're a fat slob. You're never going to lose weight. Oh, my gosh. I'm a fat slob. I'm going to, I need to lose weight. I feel like, I feel like mashed potatoes and gravy. That's what I want. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drink water and I'm going to say, not today, not today. I'm not, I'm not caving in today. And it doesn't matter what it's with. Listen, a lot of our store owners, you guys were superstar salespeople. Some of you weren't even store managers, and you don't even necessarily have those management skills, and you got to get them. And that voice, what business do you have owning a store? You don't know how to advertise, you don't know how to manage people. Those voices are there, and you need to look at those voices and say, "Not today. no. You know what? I'm going to reach out to some people who are smarter than me and listen. The worst room to ever be in is the room where you're the smartest guy or gal in the room. That's the worst room to ever be in. I want to be the dumbest guy or gal in a room, and I want to sit there and take notes with people who are smarter than me because fundamentally, in my heart, at 62 years old, I'm not looking to retire. I'm a student. I love the industry I'm in. I want to learn more about it. I want to learn more about it from my dealers who are successful. And I want to share those ideas with my other dealers. And that's what I am passionate about. And I hope you can find a similar passion out there because life is too short. It's too uncertain to play it safe and to go to your grave with doubts about what you could have done. If you hadn't listened to those damn voices in your head, I'm telling you, Pete Primo is on the show today to tell you this, and we didn't rehearse any of this. None of us knew where this was going to go, but it came here. So those voices in your head will destroy you if you let them. And we all have those stupid negative voices in your head, whatever it was, whoever put it there, you just have to say no to it. And action is going to be your key. Action is going to be the key. Don't sit there and spend a lot of time arguing with it. Just say, all right, you had your say. Now guess what? I'm going to do something that flies 180 degrees in the face of what you just said. I'm going to take positive action right now. And I'm basically saying, F you to failure. That's what you're saying. So I love Mike. I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent. I'm good for yeah, that. I love it. It's great. If you it if does. you watch my stuff, you'll see it. <laughs> and it it, ha- it happens once an episode usually. Who is around you? Find other. What you're doing is you're creating your own mini masterminds, mm-hmm. and, and so find another store owner. Find a, a find somebody who's in your industry that's in a different market, but also. Find local store owners that you can do cross promotions with who become friends. You guys form mm-hmm. a mastermind, whether it's official or unofficial and help right. each other. I mean, one of these, one of the things that I saw over the weekend was a scarcity mindset thing. And, you know, it's one of my pet peeves in life. Mm-hmm. You know what? There is so much business that we could do if we just helped everybody win. And the scarcity mindset that I get something and someone else doesn't, it, it's, right. a, it's a fantasy, it's a lie, it will ruin your career if you let it. That's not really the way it is. You need to focus on your customer, give them the best experience that they can have, and guess what? There's more than enough business for you, and there there's somebody across the street that might be in your same business. There's enough business for them too. If you are given your heart and you're given your attention and your focus to mm-hmm. what the best thing for your customers is, you're gonna be very successful. And it doesn't matter if you are a sales rep, if you are a store owner, or you are an RSA that's working on, on the floor. I know I said a lot. I can see that you want to talk, so I'm going to let you do your thing.
1: (laughs) No, I'm just nodding and agreeing, and think this is fantastic. There, there is interesting when you talk about the imposter syndrome, and the imposter syndrome is ultimately not not realizing, not not knowing if you belong. That's the essential imposter syndrome. So, in in public speaking, shows up by people going, "I'm here to people." really want to hear, why would they hear from me? I got invited to speak at this thing. Who am I to speak about that thing? That's how imposter syndrome shows up on stage. Or maybe an executive leader, you're leading at a large level, it's like, oh my gosh, why am I better than anyone else? What did I do to get to this spot? As sales associate, it might be that you were having a good amount of success or you got you got hired versus someone else getting hired. And you think, why me? So that's the question a lot of times we ask with imposter syndrome or whether we have been so good in sales and we open up our company and now we have lots of salespeople. And who am I that the salespeople would want to listen to? Now, some people don't struggle with that at all. In fact, they go to the other side, which is arrogance, but, but a lot of people, they're on one of these two different sides. Hopefully we're in here. And what, where's this? Where's the balance? The balance comes from knowing your value and having a grounded reason for understanding what you bring to the tape and who you are. And it's making sure that you don't play the comparison game. We don't want to do a losing comparison or a winning comparison. A losing comparison is, look at them, they look better. A, losing compar- a winning comparison is, look at them, they're awful, I'm better. Either one of those are going to bring us into the imbalances. Ultimately, for the imposter syndrome, we want to know our value, which goes back to who? Who am I? What do I bring? What are my strengths and weaknesses? What What is the value of my products? What is the value of my store? What is the value of my ability to sell? What is the value of... And so it's an issue of value. So if you're playing the imposter game, then you are right now questioning your ultimate value. And my high encouragement for you is to find out why you are valued because I guarantee it, you are. And then take Pete and I's words and start affirming that in your mind. I am valuable and this is the reason I'm valuable. This is what I bring to the table. I love that. Right now we have a little scroll of some of the books and one that just came out was this identity workbook and in the identity workbook, one of the things I talk about in that book and which only comes out as paperback is this whole idea of, who I am, and I am determining who I am. I'm discovering it, putting that out there so I can bring that out to others. You'll see Speak with Confidence talks a lot about that as well. So thanks for scrolling that just at the right time there as I'm talking about some of these areas. Ultimately, though, when you look at the imposter syndrome, let me ask you this. Why are you valued? Why are you valued? 100% you are. Why are you valued? And then look at your store. Look at your roles. Why are you valuable? Making a list of them and holding on to that versus doubts. Let me give you another great one-liner here. You need to doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs. Ooh. Figure out what you believe. Believe those. Don't believe your doubts. Don't doubt your beliefs. Believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts. So when you doubt yourself, doubt then Doubt the doubt. And then really think through what you believe. And really hold on and affirm
0: those. Mm. And there's nothing more powerful than action to affirm, um, to to affirm what you believe in. Mm. So this almost gets into the power of now. You know, we often talk about people that are living their life in the rearview mirror. Right. And they're going back Mm -hmm. to a failure or a success. And they're, they're reliving that. And where your power is, is now, right now, you can make a new decision. You can make a decision to say no to those doubts and yes to your beliefs. And you can affirm it and make it true with your action. And that is. That's uh, very powerful stuff. You know, when you were talking about why this, why that, I wrote down in red, why not you? Why not me? Why not now? Yeah. Why not now? Why not me? And the reality is, if you have the energy and you see the vision clearly, go for it. Absolutely yeah. go for it. And there's always going to be, you know, something that, that wants to kind of drag you back in. But for me, I saw this, this movie, uh, Mr. Destiny. Did you see that with B- Bellucci, James Bellucci? I, I, I well, so basically what the premise of the movie is, what if there was an, an event in your life that, that changed. And the event in this life was dated somebody else. And then he became a rich person instead of a poor person and blah, blah, blah. And it goes, and it's very interesting. And, you know, I just kind of overly simplified it. And you know what? I always go back to a success that I always play in my head. I wasn't a very good batter in little league. Uh, But we were losing by one or two runs. The bases were loaded. I had a full count on me. And I wasn't a really good batter. But I hit a triple. And all the runs scored. We won the game. And Terry Otati, who was the coach's um, uh, daughter, and my classmate, kissed me on the cheek. When I was 10 years old, And now I don't know if she really kissed me on my cheek or if I just made that up, but I always play that. So when I get up into a situation where I perceive that the bases are loaded and that there's a full count on me, I swing, brother. I swing because I believe. So whatever it is, find that success in your past and replay that. I can assure you I've had plenty of failures all right? But I always play that success in my head and I always swing. And you know what? Sometimes I swing and I hit a home run and and sometimes I miss the ball. But you know what? If you work on playing your previous successes in your head, when doubts start to creep in, you will find it to be a very powerful thing. And, you know, I almost missed my halftime thing, but I do want to read one chapter really quick and I want to get your thoughts on it. So, guys, it's chapter 30 and it's on page 49. Think before you act. All success-oriented business owners should be creative thinkers. This means they invest time and energy outside their work environment to dream up new product, service, and marketing ideas. During this creative thinking process, employee, customer, electronic interruptions should be non-existent. Do what you must to create a creative thinking environment to allow your analytical and creative brain to open up and breathe. It means, if that means coming into your store very early in the morning, then do it. Some people need to change scenery to get the creative juices going. I love lakes. My best thinking is always done next to water. Uh, I know some marketers who lock themselves in ho- a hotel room and leave their phone in the car until the creative work is done. While thinking and creative, uh, th- and creative thinking about your business is very important, it's worthless without the second and critical part of the equation. Mike, you already know what I'm going to say. Action. Mm-hmm. The number of world changing ideas that never happen because the person who dreamt them up did not follow through, is countless. Mm -hmm. Am I guilty of this, too? So, I am guilty of this, too, so don't beat yourself up. Just commit to yourself that you're going to change it right now. From this moment on, take action and get her done. You've heard cliches like paralysis by analysis, and even Helen Keller said ideas without actions are worthless. The bottom line is thinking and subsequent action are forever linked together for the store owner on the road to success. Take time to think on a regular basis. When your thoughts are crystal clear, write it all out in steps and then take action. What are your thoughts, my friend?
1: When you're thinking about whether you're you're dreaming something up and then just letting it off to the side or putting it into action, you're actually talking about execution. So if you think about a lot of what I do is executive communication or executive leadership. Why do we put that word executive? Because these are people who get it done. And they're making something happening. They're turning an idea into reality. So think about it. A business owner, you play every single role. If you're a small business, you play every single role at some point in time. That means you are the executive. And if you're the top sales coach or the only salesperson, You are, you are the executive salesperson. You're the executive VP of sales. So you can't be an executive if you don't get it done. Make sure that you are dreaming, but then you are doing. Yeah. I love that. That was great. Pete.
0: I can't believe this went so fast. I could talk to you for hours, Mike. So Mike, let's, let's do this. Um, the somebody is watching this now that says, I like this Mike Acker guy. I, I I want to talk to this guy. How do they get in touch with you? What's the best way to reach out to you and get in touch with you, Mike?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to MikeAcker.com, you've seen that come up a different couple different times. MikeAcker.com. You can scroll through. You can set up a consultation. You can write there from there, like, hey, I want to do an executive leadership consultation. I want to do a speaking consultation. A great way to get to work with me, and maybe not directly, but get to work with me is through one of my books, the one that I'm really encouraging people to. It's three years in the making is Speak With Confidence. And although it ultimately the outpouring is speaking on stage, there's so much just about leading and being and selling and really highly encourage you. This is picked up from one of the traditional publishers, Wiley. So Patrick Lencioni and his books. And I really believe that this is going to be a game breaker for a lot of people to not just speak with confidence, but to live and lead with confidence as well. And I'd be honored for people pick that up and reach out to me as well.
0: That's awesome. So, Mike, our time is wrapping up. Um, Go to MikeAcker.com, buy the book, Speak With Confidence. Mike, what would you like to say to our audience uh, before you leave today? Where you are is not where you have to stay. I
1: know this from life events. I know this from my own career changes and my own failures and successes. But where you are is not where you have to stay. So map out where you are. Where do you find yourself with your mindset, with your actions, with your activities, with your friendships? Where do you want to be? And then once you look at that,
0: start thinking through what is that next step you need to take to get to where you want to go? Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on today. And I will get that book and read it and I will uh, shoot you back uh, some comments on it. Appreciate you making the time in your busy schedule to spend a little bit of time with us. And uh, I look forward to the next time we get a chance to talk.
1: Pete, thank you so much. And to all the audience, thank you so much for leaning in and all the best to all of you. Thanks.
0: Sal so million.